Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee. I am here with a very special guest that I can't wait to get in- involved with um, uh, in terms of the podcasting here. We have, uh, you know, Mr. Ethan Luck, who, you know, is part of some uh, a brilliant Metallica podcast that, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of. There should be a rivalry between us, but instead, <laughs> there, instead there is this fraternity, kind of like, I guess like a Mustaine Hetfield, like a respect, but an also, you know, we're sort of on the same turf here, but it's great to have you on so soon after clint as well ethan how's it going man dude thanks for having me it's going well and, and i think if we work really hard we could get a good rivalry going i think yeah. i think we started off in the mustaine hetfield world like around around the big four shows we needed to go back to kill them all when right. when <laughs> mustaine gets kicked out and then we'll get a good rivalry going i think i think like in the same way mustaine took certain riffs that he did and played them faster in megadeth all sort of take certain concepts you do and say them fast i don't know how i'm gonna ape yeah. that, but some sort of metalizing but you know, regardless, I was saying to you before we went on air, there is there's, there's something in the air for Metallica. You know, the band are on a world tour that's been hugely successful. Yeah, um, they've got a new album out. There's loads of Metallica podcasts coming out. The woodwork. We're, we're part of a generation. It's it's pretty crazy, man. Me, me and Clint talk about this a lot on the show. That like it, right now, it's such a good time to be a Metallica fan. Mm. I mean, basically the hype leading up to Hardwired and now this big world tour. You know, um, it's a great time to be a Metallica fan. And I mean it we also mention this a lot is that it blows our minds constantly like how much not only our podcast has grown in the, in the first seven months we've been around but then all of a sudden like you appeared and then my other friend ryan started one called speak and destroy yeah and uh it's just crazy man it's like you know we thought cool man we're like one of the first metallica podcasts out there and all of a sudden other ones start popping up and you can't not love that you know what i mean like uh, especially because I, I feel like you know, especially yours and, and ours is, is is it's pretty different. We have a kind of a different format, you know, obviously, and uh, it's exciting. You know, I, I enjoy listening to yours, and I enjoy listening to my friend Ryan's, and you know, the Metallica world is big enough for for all of us and more. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I want to say again, it's Metal Up Your Podcast that you're from, Ethan, with Clint, um, where you sort yeah, of yeah. tackle um, subjects. So you know, you do like a Ride the Lightning episode, a Jason Newstead episode, etc. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're excellent. Like, you know, I, I love listening to them normally come out on the Monday. Um, there's some really, like, quite imaginative topics you did. I loved your sort of <laughs> S&M sequels. Man, that stuff is fun, you know, like, because, uh, I mean, this, you know, the reason we started the podcast is because those are the kind of things that Clint and I would talk about just for fun, hanging out, having a beer or something. And so those are really fun to, to think of, like, the subject-wise, you know, like of course we would love to hear an S&M part two, you know, and then what what could you put on it that wasn't on the first one, you know? So things like that are really fun. I think at some point we're going to do like a best of uh, load and reload and make it one one gigantic album, and, right. and uh, you know, because there's people that don't like certain songs on both or hardly at all. So things like that are just yep. super fun for us to do. Yeah, better than you, I think, is obviously one that I made my point clear on. But um, you know, it's uh, we you're cutting that one. <laughs> We, you know, what what is it about this band? You know, similar to how I can dislike it better than you, and other people can adore it or whatever. What what is it about this band that inspires so many podcasts that has such depth? When you know, it, it, they're quite a sort of nuts and bolts bands in a way, but they're, yeah. they've got. I, I, what is it about them that's so captivating? I mean, man, for me, you know, like depth is the is the perfect word to describe it. Is it when you get into Metallica? you jump in the deep end, you know, like there's something about the band, whether you got into them on Kill 'Em All or you got into them just recently on Hardwired, there's something infectious about their sound. I mean, obviously their songs are incredible. I mean, there's songs that you don't like, you know, I personally don't like San Anger. I skipped that record, sure, but, sure. but, you know, um, 
there's something that connects with people, you know, whether it's, you know, you feel like you're an outcast and have nobody to relate to. And all of a sudden you get into this band and make friends that also like this band. And then all of a sudden you've got this community. Um, there's just, I don't know, man, it's, it's just, it's infectious. And it just like, for, for instance, for me, when I was, God, I was think I was probably 10 years old, uh, 10 or 11 when the justice for all came out. And I remember seeing right. the one video and it just blew me away. And I instantly had, I had to hear more because it was like nothing I'd ever heard in my life, you know? And yeah. I, I know like my dad has told me stories about, you know, when he first heard the Beatles, you know, or Elvis or whatever. It, I think my generation, it was that kind of thing with Metallica. Like, oh my God, what is this? I have never heard anything like this and I have to have more. Yeah, it is kind of, they are the epitome of so much of that music, you know, the guitar solos, the choruses, the identity, but they kind of transcend you know, I love Guns N' Roses, for example, but I, sure, sure. I think I think I like Metallica more. I think Metallica feel that they they scratch that itch for me in that kind absolutely, of absolutely you know, man that that heroic sense. Well, and I think too. I mean, over over their career, I mean, I think they've always you know mm. been many steps above you know specifically the other others in the big four yeah. because as much as I love Megadeth and Slayer and Anthrax, Metallica had songs. I mean, even listening to Kill 'Em All. You know, you listen to the Four Horsemen. That's a catchy ass chorus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and all the way till present day, they have songs that you can you can remember the the melodies and lyrics to really easily and sing along to. They're stuck in your head. And I think that's just that that's been Hetfield's strength over the years over Mustaine or you know the guys in Anthrax is that he he's he's more of a songwriter than he is just like a thrash guy. Mm, mm, yeah, and, and and they've never been afraid to stray from the path. Obviously, with albums like Load and Reload and try new things and and become better musicians and better writers and explore new avenues. Yeah, yeah, completely. And and still to return to the form that they held though, and they still be so strong about it. Like I'll be honest with you, and I, I don't know if any people feel the same way. Like in terms of the big four, obviously Metallica adore Megadeth. I'm quite a big fan of Slayer. I'm okay with Amphrax. I'm one of those ones. Ethan, no? they, they've never clicked with me. Yeah, see it, man. <clears throat> Going back to when I first got into Metallica, once and shortly after when I got into junior high school, um, I that's when I started meeting friends that were also into Metallica, and those dudes back then are the ones that uh, started introducing me to other metal bands and stuff. And so Anthrax, for some reason, I think because I, I got into the some of the British heavy metal stuff like Maiden and Judas Priest, I liked a lot of that higher register singing. So with jo Joey Belladonna, I liked how high he sang, and I th liked how thrashy they were. And, and to me, I, I liked that. I feel like they just never really took themselves too serious. Mm. They could have a rap song on on you know, on an EP and things like that, and goofy songs, and at the same time, kick your ass with a thrash song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, speaking of singing, obviously Hetfield did have that highness to his voice early on, but yeah. we get to now a song like Blackened, um, which is a song we're getting to, obviously. I mean, if we play our cards on the table, even one of the best Metallica songs ever. I mean, dude, we we did a top ten. You know, me and Clint picked our top ten Metallica songs and top ten deep cuts. Mm. I mean, I'll come right out of the gate and say it. Blacken is my favorite Metallica song. Wow, number one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I, I mean, for my money, I, I think even if it wasn't my favorite song, I think Blackened is arguably the best lead-off track of any Metallica record. Yeah, yeah, I that whole in. The intro just the suspense builds up to what's coming it's so good oh man it's incredible and that intro it's kind of an anecdote sort of antidote really to the first to the second and third albums which kind of open with the classical interludes this one's uh -huh. almost 
I don't really know how to describe, but it has a pulse to it. It's kind of backwards, kind of sequenced, and it does it yeah. does like you know the kind of the catch and release from that into that main right. riff is just it's raw. <clears throat> yeah. Well, have you 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 know that it's actually a part recorded played mm. backwards. Have mm. you heard the original version? I've I've heard it's very impressive. I, I can't actually remember it. It's cool. You can just on you mm. go on YouTube and type in you know blackened intro you know reverse or whatever, and it'll come up. And it it's just as cool sounding. But obviously not as iconic because we've been listening to that record for so many years. But yeah, when I first found that out, I had to listen to it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because it always sounded in reverse. But I never actually heard the other version. Yeah, yeah. And that main riff that kicks in, that I believe, is a legacy of Jason Newstead. Um, I think he brought that to na 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 You know, yeah. that, that riff, I don't know about yourself, Ethan. I know you're kind of an accomplished musician. But to my ears, when I, when I first heard it, it caught me off guard. There's quite a lot of extra notes in there that kind of throw you a little off center really well. Yeah, the, 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 the timing of it is a little weird. It took me a long time when I was younger to really understand. I thought when the drums came in, it was just more of a backbeat thing. Because Lars is notorious for not coming, you know, not hitting the crash symbol on the, on the downbeat a lot. So in this song, for instance, he starts on the snare drum, you know, after there should, you know, there should be a kick and crash before that. So it always threw me off. And then when it came in, uh, you know, to the next riff, I thought, oh, there's there's one measure short. Maybe that's just what they did on purpose. But it's just the style that, you know, Lars recorded it in. Yeah, it's it it just has this explosive intensity, and it's worth considering. Um, I suppose the context of this song, of course, is the opening track of the first album without Cliff Burton. Um, yep. You know, I recently had Ray Burton on the show, which is a which God, is, so cool. Yeah, man, that was a crazy interview. Um, you know, you guys should reach out to him honestly and have him on the show. Yeah, like, we, you know, yeah, I, man, we definitely want to. I mean, he's he seems like he's the, the kindest man and is always happy to talk about his son and and, and that history Mm -hmm. yeah no absolute gentleman i urge people to go and uh listen to that but yeah it was i was just doing a bit of history because i wasn't quite aware of the exact dates here so it was um september 27th um 1986 um during the european leg of the uh, damaging tour that cliff you know was involved in the accident and the album was recorded january 1988 so you know a year and a bit ish from jason joining to the band so quite quite a long time really yeah, I mean, you know, and, and obviously, we, as we know, I mean, Jason got, you know, he got thrown mm. <laughs> right into it. And, you know, obviously, the, all the stories of, you know, them hazing him and stuff like that. But, I mean, obviously, some huge shoes to fill. And, you know, regardless of the, the <laughs> what people argue about over the years is the mix of this, where you don't really hear any bass on this record. I mean, still, what a record for him to come in on, man. I mean, and especially, like, you know, after Cliff died, it's like, man, what's Metallica going to do? Okay, they got a new bass player, they're moving on, and all of a sudden, and Justice for All comes out, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure it just blew people's minds. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of in this post-Pantera kind of age, you know, where you've heard every sort of iteration of a guitar and how heavy something heavy can go. Like, yeah. this really, like, Master of Puppets, this, I love it, don't get me wrong, there's something very classic and austere about the sound, whereas sure. here, I mean, same core musicians, essentially, same producer, you know, same era, but oh my god, some of the some of the riffs, some of the sounds like sledgehammers. Oh, dude! I mean, I think some of the best Metallica riffs of all time are on this one record. Yeah, you know, and especially on Blackened. I mean, there's not one riff throughout the entire song that I'm like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> Every single part of the song it blows my mind. I mean, and especially you know this opening track. I mean, lyrically, even it's like it's so yeah. dark about the end of the world. And I'm almost positive it's about nu- nuclear war. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's some, it's some heavy stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it makes... It, it, even the title, Blackened, um, for me, like, it's very... It's an iconic, very powerful title, you know, that kind of scorched kind of uh, atmosphere it gives you. And I've always I've always felt... I don't, know if, I don't know if you felt this or any listeners have felt this. Sometimes bands can do things and it's like, okay, that's the band, leave it alone. So, obviously, this is a song, Blackened. Machine Head, great band. They had yeah. an album, I believe, called The Blackening, which, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. which I was always a bit like, dude, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine, yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a little, it's a little close. It doesn't annoy me quite as much as a band that I used to like. Do you remember Rise Against? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I was on Warp Tour with those guys. Were you? Were you really? Yeah, yeah. With my old band, uh, this is probably 2008. Yeah, Rise Against was on there. Oh, really shit. nice dudes. Oh shit! And I want to, I want to, I want to get back to that actually because I'm quite a fan of those guys. But one little mark in their blotter from me, their name was always very close to Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was yeah, that ever just, felt? Or uh, I mean, I don't think it ever really bothered me too much, just because their <laughs> st- their styles are so different. And you know, I, I I do like Rise Against. You know, there's a couple records I definitely mm. really mm. like. You know, and uh, oh, um, Suff- know, Suffering the Witness. Do you know yeah, that one? Suffering the yeah. Witness is great. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. They, honestly, um, for a time period, the album after that as well, I think Appeal to Reason um, is is dope. They they are a really good band. Yeah, oh, they're great. Like you know, they kind of they're one of those bands that if you were to read their tab, it looks I don't I don't want to demean, but it looks quite simplistic. You know, they play quite power chord kind of stuff, but it's very impactful. Um, great sense of melody. Oh yeah, you know, their singer writes some great melodies, and uh, there's even a couple songs where they have just you know, on purpose to tempo changes, but it works so well. It's a tough thing to do. Um, like I mean, for instance, Blackened. I mean, when that mm-hmm. goes into the bridge, that slows down drastically in, in tempo, um, and rise against did it really well and i mean obviously on black and metallica did it almost perfect <laughs> yeah it's that it's that riff that for me i did an episode earlier on it's on the channel check it out um top 10 metallica riffs and i think number one was actually uh, the black and riff that oh yeah it's like for me it's really intelligent note choices a real arch sense of the world being tipped upside down and then it's james barking those opposition contradiction you know planet oh. dies like oh yeah I mean, and that that's it's almost like this part of the song where he's like driving his point home of like you know this is what's going to destroy earth you know termination termination expiration cancellation human race yeah. it's so good <laughs> See our mother put to death. See our mother die. It's so dark. Oh, I, when I was a ki- when I was a kid, I didn't get what the hell this was right. about. But the older I got, I'm like, oh, he's kind of a hippie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and the chorus is great as well. Where the where the sort of guitar chords obey what Hetfield's doing, sort of thing. You know, yeah. they pulse it on the fire. Da 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 da. And then the kind of almost dead tempos. Da 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 da. You know, it, yep. it has a great sense of theater. Some of my favorite uh, Metallica choruses do that exact same thing. Mm. You know, even on That Was Just Your Life, like, I feel like that chorus oh. is very similar. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel it's, to me it's such a good songwriter. And especially in metal, you know, you're, you're not often just playing three chords and you're doing stuff that's, you know, a little less traditional in, in a major scale or a minor scale. Mm. And so he's always done a really good job of, of writing his vocal parts around these really cool chord changes. And I've always admired that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James's way of kind of just singing along with his playing. I remember there was an interview. You remember Trivium? 
Oh, yeah. There was an interview with the main guy from Trivium, Matt Heafy, um, and they were saying, like, oh, you know, they often get the Metallica, you know, sort of um, comparisons. And they were saying, how'd you get so good at playing all these riffs? And he was like, I used to play Sanitarium as a kid. It's like, I used yeah. to just sort of hammer that home, really. And Hetfield is the archetype for singing that stuff. I think, I think Lars and Influence dared people to sing the verse of Sad But True and play it. Like, it, 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 it's a brain teaser. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, but I mean, God, we got to hand it to him, man. They've been doing this for 35 years, yeah. and and uh, I mean, for my money, it doesn't get any better than this, you know. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of cool metal bands out there, but I mean, you know, you you kind of owe it to Metallica, man. Those guys wrote the best riffs. I mean, to me, it's still, you know, the, I think one of the, the you know, if you could find a worst riff on this record, I think it's still better than most metal bands' main riffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really were in their bag at this point. I think f- f- always, really, they've had quality riffing throughout oh, yeah. but um you oh, know yeah. and and the vocalism as well like you know when he says color well blackened like for oh, me dude. i used to never know what that meant and when i heard it it just got it even more that's some scary shit man <laughs> especially his delivery man you know that's the thing with it with, with the with the content of this song I, i'm always a big fan of when singers you know um kind of adapt their voice to 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 convey the emotion they're feeling or what they're writing about and so this is some really dark stuff and obviously, Hetfield's always had an aggressive voice, but I mean, it's especially aggressive on a lot of this stuff, especially on Color All, Our World Blackened, you yep. know, and then going into the bridge. Um, yeah, it, he did such a good job of, of conveying the subject matter through uh, the tone of his voice. I, it's incredible. Like, it's one of those songs that you read on paper and has such an effect. I love the whole bridge. Darkest Color, Blistered Earth, True Death of Life. <laughs> that's, that's scary, man. That, that's it's, like a- it's, it's a biblical. horror movie. Like, yeah, it's, uh, and like you say, see our mother die. He repeats mother as well. Um, yeah. Smoldering de- decay. Um, millions of our years in minutes disappears. Like, oh my god. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. When you're, th- you're when you're thinking about you know you know a nuclear holocaust or whatever, it's like, I mean, uh, he's he's nailing it on the head with you know um, you know millions of our years in, in minutes disappears. That's that's yeah. That's so so fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about the riff as well. The na 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 na, like it kind of speeds the song up. It's kind of like a shot in the heart of the song. You know what I mean? Whenever it comes on, yeah, it's, it's chaotic, of, man. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like you know that part of the song uh, is like you know what's you know it's the nuclear bomb coming down. Then the bridge is like it's getting closer and closer. And then by the time like Hammett solo comes in, like that's the bomb dropping. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and, um, and and even you know, like speaking of Kirk's solo, it's like that part right before the solo uh, to me is one of the most beautiful guitar harmony parts on any Metallica record, and then it goes right into what I think is easily one of Kirk's best leads. Yeah, 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 completely agree. Yeah, the harmony is great, extended, something new, not just playing on that Master of Puppets, Finn Lizzy, aping stuff. It's kind of yeah. odd and dissonant. And yeah, the, the Kirk lead, one of the things that I love about the lead, it, it's such a wild ride, really, to Tour de Force. Oh, it totally is, man. I mean, he does some super creative stuff. It's also very melodic at points. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love when he he's able to write something that special that, that combines something very melodic and something very chaotic and somehow blends it all together and takes you on that ride through the solo section, man. It's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, 
really quickly, cleanly played and kind of just exaggerates that sense of sort of impending danger and hypocrisy mm-hmm. and just, yeah, some of James's best stuff here, lyrically, riff-wise, vocal, like, you know, the band are firing on all cylinders. It's kind of a, oh, yeah. you know, encouraging beginning to an album. Um, yeah, and you, know, and, you know, they do the, the, the somewhat classic thrash layout. They, they've done a lot where it's like the bridge happens, the... B section, uh, like in this case, the harmony section before the solo, then the lead, and you think, okay, maybe one more chorus and then we're done. But no, they go back into the intro, do another verse, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then, you know, just take you on this ride for, you know, what is it, seven minutes or something? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, the time's interesting, actually. It's um, six minutes 40 on, so it makes it as like one of the, um, the the fourth shortest song on the album, so it's not short, it's not long. <laughs> the fourth uh, shortest, the fourth shortest, yeah. Um, Harvester, Dyer's Eve, and Eye of the Beholder are all shorter than Blackened, but Blackened it doesn't have the repetitive nature of some of the longer songs on Injustice. It yeah, kind of like thrives because of the sound. Like a lot of people talk about this muted, baseless, Blackened sound, but something about it helps Blackened. I think um, you know helps it sort of get its point across here and. I just yeah I, I I enjoy this one very much actually and like I've, this song has grown on me through the years and always be a favorite. Oh yeah, man! And you know the the whole lack of bass thing on this record. Um, I mean, it's basically you know non-existent you know mm. to our ears over the years of listening to this. Um, but I've been listening to this record for so long that it doesn't seem abnormal that there's no bass there. You know, um, it's it, I just it's in, it, ingrained in my head. You know. I've listened to this album, I don't know how many thousands of times. Right. So, uh, but, you know, in the future, would I like to hear a remix of this record? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. I mean, for me, you know, Metallica did Back to the Front. That I don't know if you've seen their um, Master of Puppets mm-hmm. book. Um, I've got it sit- sitting right next to me right now. <laughs> how, how good is it? It's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. It's such a cool thing to put out. I wish they would do that for every record. Oh, that, that's what I'm going to say, man. I think they should do an Unjustice for All book and a remix. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Well. Oh, that would just. They got they got they got the stuff to do it. They of course they do, I, and you know, I feel like Justice of all their records is is the one that's kind of uh, kind of been sitting in the shadows yeah. by by the band almost. You know they, but we're getting to that. You know, next year is like thirty five years since it, uh, or sorry, thirty years since it came out. Mm. Um, so maybe a uh, maybe a book and maybe a remix who knows uh, that that would be so yeah that would be fantastic is it right that you i believe you mentioned this on the podcast you recorded bass for an injustice song just to <laughs> i did one time yeah me, me and a, me and a, a friend were talking about this this very subject and uh i got home that night and i was just kind of bored and i you know fired up my studio gear and i was like you know what i'm gonna like record some bass along i think i did um uh i think i did shortest straw right yeah, I'll have to dig that up and email it to you. <laughs> nice. No, no, that's a tough you know, song. It's a tough one, but it's fun. Um, there's a man. There's a bunch of those on YouTube and stuff. You know, Injustice for Jason and yeah. things like that. And I think it's cool they're doing that. Whoever kind of put it together, I, I feel like maybe the point was to mix the bass really loud, but it, it doesn't. It, it sits way too loud in the mix. So I kind of I listened to it a few times. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna hold my breath for a uh, Justice for All remix. Yeah, I, I gotta say, Jason is someone that I've always been a fan of. But doing this show, watching live shows, etc., for research, like you just like this guy, his energy, what he gave to Metallica, so admirable. Oh my God, yeah. He, I mean, and in no disrespect to Robert at all, mm-hmm. but like Jason, you know, he was almost like uh, 
you know, he was on, like in hip hop, there's always like a hype man. Sure. And I feel like he was kind of that in addition to being a bass player. I mean, he was the one that would get the crowd going and like, you know, chant the haze. And I mean, mm. I mean, I'm surprised his, his head is still on his shoulders. The, the way he had banged and stuff near that windmill. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, cr- yeah, he was just always going. It was, uh, in- inspiring yeah, and blackened, um, is, does always go as well. So he performed 481 times live. This yeah. song. So, you know, very, regardless of, you know, I agree what you say about sort of and justice being in shadows, but still songs like this, songs like one, you know, harvester yeah. get, get, get played regularly. Um, yeah. First performed September 11th, 1988, uh, in Budapest and, yeah. uh, last performed July 12th in Detroit. That's which is what I, me and Clint just went yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, that you, you saw the last live performance of Black. Do you remember seeing Black and what was Black and Light live last time? Oh, it's great, man! Uh, so they, they they came back. Um, I actually have my uh, my set list from the show right here. I got a buddy that that, that works on the tour and he handed me a set list. Uh. Um, yeah, so uh, they do their seek and destroy thing at the front of the front of the stage in front of the snake pit. And then they walk off stage for the encore. And then, I mean, they don't they don't waste any time. It's not like some vans that go backstage for like 15 minutes and you're sitting there going, mm-hmm. all right, get your asses out here and play more songs. They walked off stage, the lights went down, and within, I'd say, 15 seconds, all of a sudden you heard the blackened intro. Uh, and we all, we all looked at each other like, holy shit, we're getting blackened. Because that, <laughs> that's a slot in the set. They keep rotating songs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fire with fire. Right. Um, when I saw them in Philadelphia on this tour, it was um, Battery. Um, but dude, it was, it was awesome. They do the thing live with black and like they do, uh, with, you know, a bunch of other songs, uh, hardwired and stuff where they play like a, they call it the intro tape. Mm. And so it's basically like the, re- the actual recording. Um, and so in this one, it's just that backwards intro. And then after it does the, dun, 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 and then all of a sudden James comes in with the, bum, 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 ba, da, da, dun. Mm. and dude, people went fucking crazy. They just started oh, like, yeah. Oh, I was so rad. <laughs> It's and, so- and there's there's these sorry to, sorry to cut no you no out. I'm getting chills talking about this there there's so at the top of the stage I'm sure you've seen photos of the stage setup there's these huge white trusses and on top of there there's probably five or six tubes that you can't can't really see and that shoot fire out, out of the top so of course on the chorus where it says fire it's mm-hmm. just like out of the top of those comes these huge you know fire towers. It's it's just so great because you know people are like you know if you can critique the current tour you would just say oh they're just playing like the mainstream songs or whatever but it's great to see Blackened which is quite just at its heart a heavy difficult kind of song in, yeah, a, sta- in, a, in a stadium and everyone's just going mad. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and I felt throughout throughout a lot of the early part of the show the crowd was kind of dead for some reason. We kept mm. looking around like man, why are people not going crazy? Because in Philadelphia it was man, people right, were going right, right. nuts. Philly. But by by about three quarters of the way through the set, I feel like the crowd really wo- wo- had woken up. And then when they came out with Blackened, man, everyone was definitely ready to party. <laughs> and, I mean, talk to me about the show before. I appreciate, you know, you do metal at your podcast. You're going to speak about this on the podcast soon. You're going to be bringing out everyone who's listening. Please subscribe to their podcast. It's so good. Um, <laughs> Thanks, you did like a, like a table, right? You did like a fan meet. Yeah, so what we did was, um, you know, we, we've slowly started uh, kind of ordering some little table items like merchandise stuff. So we have some co- you know, koozies, stickers, patches, things like that. And um, my buddy runs a merchandise company, uh, a printing company here in Nashville. And so I hit him up for some stuff. And he recommended us getting like, basically it's like a tablecloth kind of thing. Um, it has our logo on it. And that way we can, you know, either set up our own table. But in this case, uh, Clint had reached out to this this uh, bar and grill right across the street from the stadium in Detroit. Mm. Um, called Hockey Town Cafe, and the 
the manager was like super excited about having us come in there. We told him, hey, we just want to come in, set up, give out some free stuff, get people excited about the show and record an episode. He was like, that's amazing. They let us park right behind their building for free and like came in, brought us drinks. And like, I mean, we set up and like, dude, right, we were like right by the entrance to the bar. And the second we weren't even done, like plugging in microphones and people were already walking up like, what is this? You know, and <laughs> we, like they, they just saw them, you know, in our logo, it has the, you know, it's the Metallica font, but you see that that classic yeah. M and right away people, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they thought maybe they're with Metallica or something. Who knows? But <laughs> um it was cool, man. People, you know, we, we gained new fans. We had people that have been listening to our podcast since day one that showed up just to come meet us and say hi. And um, it was cool. So we, we basically uh, recorded an episode for about an hour and a half. And just it nothing was really planned out. We just started talking and people started walking up and we would ask them if they wanted to talk about Metallica. So we had a bunch of different, you know, fans of the podcast, fans yeah. of the bands, like chat with us and stuff. It was great. That's so good, man. I'm really excited. Is that coming out on Monday? Uh, yeah, that's coming out on Monday. I just oh. uh, edited uh, that one, and we also recorded an episode in my car driving to Detroit. <laughs> oh man, that, I can't wait! Cannot wait! Yeah, um, you know, for yeah, we, your... so we're doing two two episodes. Or, or since we skipped last Monday because of the whole planning for the show and stuff, we're releasing two episodes on Monday. So the first one is a um, an AMA Ask Me Anything episode where people submitted. I think we had like a hundred different questions. We got to them all. Wow. Um, in the car while I was driving. Um, and then uh, the second episode will be the live from Detroit episode. And then the following Monday will be our, our, our uh, you know, wrapping up the trip, talking about the show episode. Wow. That's crazy. That, yeah. yeah, man. It, it was a busy week for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but so it was good. about an eight hour drive from Nashville to and from, but it was, uh, it was, it was all worth it. And the concert itself, you know, broad strokes was very good as well. Yeah, man. I thought you know. Overall, I thought I thought they played better when I saw them in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I you know, and you know, this happens with any band in the world, man. Sometimes you have off nights where you're just not locking in, or mm-hmm. you know, you just came back from a couple days off and you're a little rusty or whatever. But I felt they were they weren't super tight for the first maybe quarter of the set, but then they started locking in. You know, right around the time they did Unforgiven and, and uh, Now That We're Dead and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. And but, I don't. Nonetheless, it was a, obviously an amazing show. The production's killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've seen lots of footage of it, and it is very, very impressive. Now, I mean, I normally ask favorite Metallic song, but it is blackened, is it? Yeah, it's blackened for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That I like. I like when those when those match. Um, what about album? My favorite album is actually Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, over, overall album Master of Puppets. Yeah. But man, when we when we when we did our top top ten albums for an episode, it was so hard. To, to to give uh, which album to give number one Master Puppets or Injustice for All because it was going to be one of those two mm. and it was so tough so but I went with my gut and went with Master of Puppets as my my favorite record yeah I think I think it's fair isn't it if you're kind of going objectively but there's so like you look at Ride the Lightning as well and there's so many classics on that album I mean um, dude how can you go wrong with Master of Puppets I mean it's arguably the the best metal record of all time yeah, I, I I would I would find it hard to argue against that. I think it's the only one in like the Hall of Fame registry. Like you know, it's um, yeah. highly acclaimed. Yeah, it, oh definitely, man. And I mean, I remember when I when I first got that. That was actually the first CD I ever bought. Like I had, mm. I think I had a my buddy let me borrow a copy of Master Puppets on cassette, and then you know uh, when I was a little older and and was starting to buy CDs when those were becoming more popular. I that was the first CD I purchased was Master of Puppets. 
crazy, crazy. I mean, it's just how did it, it just boggles my mind really when I think how these songs last. Like, you know, I listen to Creeping Death and I just love it, and it's like this song's like so old. Like this, song, I know, man. It's just amazing. Well, like 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 we like we mentioned before, man. I mean, yeah, they're metal songs, but man, J- James is a songwriter. Mm. You know, he's telling a story. He's got you know the the riffs to go with it and all this stuff, and they're you know they become timeless. You know, I mean, and you know. By the time, you know, Master of Puppets was out, I mean, they were already, like, a pretty damn big metal band. Mm, and they yeah. had, you know, minimal radio support. They didn't, didn't even do their first video until one. Yeah. And, you know, and at that point, they catapulted them even more. And then not to mention doing a black album after that. Jeez, you know. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. They're a timeless classic band now, man. That's just, that's what they are. And, you know, <laughs> call them a legacy band, whatever. I mean, the thing is, a lot of legacy bands stop making records and they just go on tour and just kind of mm-hmm. play their hits like Aerosmith or whoever. And, I mean, Metallica just put out one of their best records in their entire catalog. Right. In my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. I mean, yeah, there's some great songs on Hardwired, no doubt. I mean... Um, finally, just to wrap up, there, obviously, yeah. you know, we're both involved in the sort of Metallica podcast critique trade um, to a certain extent. Are there any other bands that you'd feel quite comfortable doing a podcast about or artists? Man, um, I, I have talked about this with Clint and stuff because um, it's definitely a very infectious thing to mm. when you start podcasting, as you know, like I've got another podcast to do by, my, by myself. I don't do it that often just because this one takes up a lot of time and yeah. I tour and stuff. So. But I have thought about other bands I would do one for. The, the the main one I thought, and it's it's my other, my two favorite bands are basically Metallica and The Clash. Yeah. So I could possibly do a Clash podcast. All right. Okay. Just I think it'd be fun. So I'm not too familiar. How many albums do they have? Like, is it six or seven? Or? The Clash did. Let's see. Uh, Self titled Give Enough Rope, London Calling, Santa Anista. Five. Well, technically, I think the sixth was called cut the crap but that's after uh right. after joe Strummer kicked out a couple of the dudes and it's a really bad record <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but all the stuff before that but that's the thing man with the, with the podcast like if you're dedicated you got to throw the good the bad and the ugly in there yeah yeah that i mean i said this as well to clint like you know if if someone just came out of a sound garden podcast i'd be like i'm there i'll be like i'm downloading every episode like you know oh, what i mean like yeah. and or whatever whatever whoever you're into if if someone does which is kind of what we're hoping with the metallica thing really like i don't know about yourself but i see on the sort of podcast download stats i'll see like some person downloading 12 episodes in one go because they've just found the series you know and they're just like yeah oh. for sure man you know? i mean we're, i'm sure it's very similar with you but i mean we're getting emails all the time like not only from long time long time meaning six months long time <laughs> fans but um you know just yesterday i think we got an email from a guy in australia that was like hey i just found your podcast i just went to itunes and typed in metallica and there it was and so it's awesome and we're reaching yeah. we're reaching the uh, far far parts of the globe here yeah yeah no it's cr- it's crazy it definitely is crazy just to sort of you know even here even like you know yourself and and my podcast just great that we've had to have this parlay and i will of course uh, be on metal up your podcast yeah this, absolutely you know I'm sure we'll work someone out. But this has been great discussing Blackened with you, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad that I got to be on the episode of my favorite favorite Metallica song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, great to have you on. Please let us know what you thought about Blackened at Metallica Pod. Comment below. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. Check out Metal Your Podcast. Speak and Destroy. Metallica Chat. You know, loads of great Metallica podcasts out there. But, um, yep. Ethan, I guess finally, how do people get at you social media wise? Man, uh, well, my, my social media is just my name, so Ethan Luck. Mm-hmm. On, I'm, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram. It's kind of my favorite thing, but I'm on Twitter. Um, I've got a music page on Facebook, just Ethan Luck Music. Uh, 
And if anyone out there is interested in my music, I have a. You can go on iTunes and just mm. type in my name. You'll find me. Bandcamp, all that stuff. You're on the Spotify. Show. I was listening just before we went on air. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, I got some stuff on Spotify yeah, as well. Got some stuff on Spotify. But um, I want to yeah. urge people finally just to check out Mail Up Your Podcast because it's great. Um, they've had some brilliant episodes, lots of content on there. So if you haven't heard it, you're in for a treat. Um, yes. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, man. My pleasure, man. And then uh, also, I know we we. I attempted to do this when I was in London last, but it was kind of last minute. But next time I'm, I'm over in uh, England, we'll have to have a meetup for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That would be great, and um, maybe record something as well. But that that would yeah. be that that would be awesome to do, man. Yeah. But this this has been great. Thank you, bro. Of course, my pleasure. Mm-hmm.